Welcome, um, or hopefully uh, welcome again and welcome back. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the conversations that move us from conversations for possibility to conversations to action. So if you like in the seven C's, as we move from create, creating the vision, creating the strategy to change where, where we embark on the action path, it's really key to evaluate the opportunities to make the critical decisions. I'm going to argue it's very useful in conversation to do that collaboratively and um, to get this right. From this point on, cost of change is going to get very high. So we're moving from divergent thinking to, to convergent thinking. And we want to do that without the group entering uh, into unproductive conflict, which is you know, friction is the opposite or, or a barrier to efficiency. We want to move the group forward. We want to do that without conflict, without domination, and without groupthink. And there is obviously a danger of working in groups. You've probably heard it said that uh, no one of us is as dumb as all of us. And maybe you've sat in some of those meetings and wondered how things could have been handled better. What I would like to share then in this podcast is a powerful conversation. So a conversational technique to practice that when this is effective, takes differences in individual thinking and harnesses those into collective strength. So using the power of the group and the power of different minds around you to achieve creativity, innovation, alignment, and connection. So to, to really draw out the best ideas from the group and get the whole group to align and to buy into those. So for that reason, uh, this episode is called Collaborative Intelligence. I like to think of the collaborative intelligence conversation uh, as a conversation for opportunity that builds on the conversations for possibilities I described in an earlier session. So I'm talking about here a, a formal structured exercise that draws on active and mindful listening and reflection, but takes that active listening model uh, and extends it to a group. I have in mind when I say a group here, a relatively small team. As you get into the technique, you'll see it would break down with very large numbers, but a small team of six, some people think is a magic number. Uh, the team does not have to be co-located. It could be virtual uh, and distributed. As with other conversations, it requires facilitation skill. And I think this is the role of the expert here is not to be the smartest guy in the room, but the guy who's smart enough to surface all, all of the ideas from the group and then to develop consensus and buy-in. How does this conversation work then? Well, it starts with uh, you. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that, that you're the lead facilitator who's, who's going to bring the group together and drive this conversation. So for you, the first step really is to design the, the inquiry 
this is the question that you want the group to focus all of their thinking on, the thinking that's going to be shared. So an open-ended question that invites thinking. Um, as an example, what should we do to maximize the value we deliver through this change? So that's an example. Hopefully that paints a picture. I'm going to explain the process to you. You need to explain the process to the group and um, then allow for some time for preparation before we go further. So explain the inquiry, explain the process, allow people some time individually to uh, prepare and capture the thinking that they would like to share with the group. So their individual answer to the inquiry that you've posed. Once set up, there are two stages of the conversation that you will be facilitating, uh, what I would call initially the pooling stage, and then following the pooling, the integrating stage. So the pooling stage, uh, everybody is prepared, they have their thoughts organized. Now you, as the facilitator, choose the first member of the group to take on the speaker role. The role of the speaker is to share their thinking aloud with the group. This is a conversation. They don't just put the post-it on the wall. Uh, so they deliver their points. You may want to encourage something I call the rule of six, which is to limit people to six uh, ideas and invite them to express those ideas in as concise a way uh, as possible. So whilst the speaker uh, is uh, active, Every other group member is in a listener role. What you want to do is to invite the listeners to carefully note what's being said, to pay attention, not to interrupt. But after the speaker has concluded with their points, then facilitate questions just for clarification. Not a big discussion here, but invite um, questions for clarification and clarification responses. It will now become clear why all of the listeners had to listen attentively, because as facilitator, your next step is to select uh, one of the group members to play the looper role. So what the looper does is he or she repeats back uh, what I have heard you say is that, and to repeat back those points and then to check in uh, with whoever was the speaker to um, check that uh, what has been played back was what the speaker intended to communicate. So the looper role is uh, closing that loop, and if the speaker feels they've been misheard or misrepresented, that can be uh, closed off at that stage. So that's the first iteration. What you then do as facilitator is have everyone switch places. You can continue to facilitate for a while. You choose a fresh speaker, everyone listens. You choose a fresh, fresh looper. You go through that process. So every individual is getting uh, an opportunity both to speak and at some point to play back. And you will probably need to switch your own facilitator role at least uh, once in the session so you as facilitator um, also get a chance to fully participate. So when everybody has had a say, in general, when everybody has performed uh, a speaker and a looper role, uh, then that pooling stage is complete and you will have surfaced 
all of the ideas from the group. The second stage of integration allows you to resume as, as lead facilitator, go through a process of having the group take the ideas that they've all captured and shared uh, and align those into the key themes. So combining ideas to create themes, then discuss each of the themes, maybe allow some more time for uh, to and fro, pros and cons of each theme, and facilitate the group to the point where it can become very clear at the end on what it's taking away. Generally, these are the priorities that we've agreed. These are the decisions we need to take or have taken. Uh, these are the actions we need to pursue. These are the requests we need to make. And that, that's the product of this exercise. Now, I can hear some people thinking to themselves at this point, and I've heard it in the past, you know, Chris, this is a very drawn out, structured, processy way of just getting a group to agree. But let me share with you in my experience, uh, when people apply this technique, they come back glowing and they say, this is amazingly valuable. And I had, you know, no idea what... Uh, what I was missing from um, without having done this exercise in the past. So a few points, perhaps. Um, I think one of the critical ones is by giving everyone their voice and everyone a say, it draws out um, the quieter, the, the thinkers, the slightly more introverted people you might have uh, in your team who have great ideas, but often follow the herd without putting them on the surface. And that's particularly true uh, with virtual teams where you're using remote locations where people further away from the hub uh, sometimes listen attentively but don't contribute all of their thinking. So it, it really glues the uh, team together. Another point I would make is that um, being heard opens up people's minds. So if you feel that you've been given a really good hearing, it opens your mind to listen to others. And the exercise uh, requires you to listen to others. So what then comes out is the way ideas surface, build, reinforce and combine as you go through this exercise. Let me tell you a short story that helps to make this point. Uh, I was uh, facilitating this exercise with a technology project team recently, and they were um, looking at innovating using machine learning technology to document, um, to automate document handling, a very manual operational process with, within a bank. So it was, it was a group of essentially of engineers and the question we asked is how to maximize the value of this work. And uh, just from the diversity of the group, the, the themes that emerged, you know, some people thought it was really important to make the right technology decisions, to use the right tools, the right algorithms, get the architecture right. So that was a focus for getting value. There was a whole another strand of thinking which was managing the scope so that the initial uh, proof of concept was um, physically possible to, 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 to deliver and that they were taking on board the right user stories um, to get the, the best value out of managing scope and making those decisions. There are other people who just thought 
in order to deliver. It was how they organized themselves as a team and the different roles that individual plays. That was the key thing to focus on. And there were some other people who were all about how they market their work internally um, so that it, it got uptake um, by other groups outside of their immediate area. So when you look at you know, pooling ideas like that, all of those ideas were valid, but to move from seeing all of the possibilities to really seeing this as a conversation for opportunity as a group, they identified um, all of these opportunities, the points were all valid, uh, and this gave them the, the core of their action plan of uh, what it was they were going to do uh, to maximize value. As a concluding thought, I'd like you to consider the proposition that uh, leading change involves managing a balance between energy and discipline, uh, by which I mean if, if your team and your change initiative is all energy, but there's, there's no focus, then you're going to have you know, very low impact. You might be a, a torch that spreads uh, you know, a little light a long way, or you know, with focus, you can be a laser beam that really cuts through. However, if everything is about focus and discipline, then there's no inspiration and, and drive to get things done. So the collaborative intelligence technique I've shared here, I, I really recommend this technique as a way of striking this good balance uh, with a team. It might well uh, be new to you. Um, step out of your comfort zone and, and try it. Uh, the results can be surprising. We've practiced this since Ionic and trained in it for, for many years. And um, you know, teams have often come back and said, you know, this is one of the, the best conversations from us um, that they've been able to use in practice. And they go away and want to use the technique everywhere. So bear in mind, uh, you might be an expert, uh, but that does not give you a monopoly of good ideas. Uh, I've come to the belief over the years that, that those who who do the work, know the work, and that, you know, don't be selling your strategy to your teams, to your stakeholders, to your clients. Include your stakeholders, your teams, your, your clients in creating uh, that strategy. And, and this, is, uh, this is one way to do it, which, uh, as I've said, I, I recommend to you. So I hope you found this uh, interesting and valuable. Perhaps the, um, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Um, I'll, I'll leave you to think about how you could apply this technique. Until next time, this is Chris.